Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, here we go. Let's fire it up. It is the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane. Two weekends left in the regular season, and oh, baby, there is a ton on the line. Teams trying to maneuver and position themselves for top eight seeds opportunity. And also the bubble is very interesting as teams are looking to find their way into the bracket selection Sunday under 10 days away as the committee will convene, get together, meet in Indianapolis and assemble the 24 team bracket for the FCS playoffs here in the fall of 2021. Got a great program for you. Looking forward to it. We're going to dive into some of the big games. There are teams where we're going to identify you. We're going to tell you it is do or die time. You have to win and and not only win this week, but probably win next week as well for your chances to get into the playoffs to be maximized at a high, high level. One of those teams out of the Missouri Valley Football Conference is Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa has been a squad that is certainly talented enough, a win at South Dakota State, a win at home versus Southern Illinois, but a loss to Illinois State and also a home loss to South Dakota uh, has put Northern Iowa in a tough spot. They also have a win at Sacramento State, who most likely is going to be a playoff team and has a chance to win a Big Sky Conference championship outright. Cole Bear is the program director for KCNZ Radio in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Cedar Rapids Gazette. He'll stop by the show to talk about a big game in Springfield coming up on Saturday as Northern Iowa is at Missouri State. So the Valley's interesting. The Valley looks like they could get four. Could they get six? We've seen six teams from one league one time before out of the CAA just a couple of years ago. Could the Valley be that squad? We'll roll through the big games, what they mean, and who needs to get a, a, a kick in the rear end here at the end of the season? Who needs to find that mojo? Maybe they were looking good a month ago and not looking so hot as we sit here and as we speak right now. All right, let's hit on some of the big games that uh, have a lot of meaning. Let's start in the Big Sky Saturday night. We head out to the state of California, to Davis, Eastern Washington at 7-2, 
coming off of that loss at home to Montana State. They are on the road at UC Davis, who is eight and one. Eastern Washington in a little bit of turmoil right now. Their offensive coordinator resigning middle of this week. Eh, probably more to that behind the scenes than uh, than what meets the eye, than what is going on. So down an OC, down a play caller when this offense was cooking with Crisco a month ago. Eastern Washington has suffered a couple of home losses now to Weber State, who is no longer a playoff team. Uh, they are they are out and also losing to a good Montana State squad. Still believe Eric Barrier is a tremendous talent. Uh, I think he is, you know, 32 touchdowns, six picks, over 3,500 yards passing. To me, he's the Walter Payton Award winner here in 2021. There's a lot of good offensive players around the country, obviously. But he needs to help this team, and he needs to elevate them and help them rise up to get back on the winning track and get rolling in the right direction. Eastern Washington at 7-2. and two. They do have the FBS win over UNLV, a win on the road at UC Davis would go a long, long way, uh, without a doubt, in getting them back in the top eight seeds discussion. They need this win, though, to make it happen. Same goes for UC Davis. UC Davis has a three-game winning streak right now. They're 8-1, and 5-1 and one in Big Sky play, looking to find some form of a share of a Big Sky Conference championship. And how about Dan Hawkins and this UC Davis squad? They've got two big home games to end the regular season at uh, UC Davis Health Stadium with Eastern Washington this weekend and a rivalry game with Sacramento State next weekend. It's all right in front of them. Alonzo Gilliam is a heck of a back, 783 yards rushing, five touchdowns on the ground this year for the Aggies. It's a UC Davis team at 8-1, and one, also with an FBS win as well. Tell you what, UC Davis wins out, and they beat Eastern Washington and Sacramento State. There's no question they are a top-eight seed and off of Thanksgiving for the opening weekend of the playoffs. That would be the goal. You're at home. You've got everything in front of you. A chance for UC Davis to climb the ladder in the rankings and in the seed lines here over the next couple of weekends. All right, let's head down to the Southland. And uh, my team, Incarnate Word, we had Eric Morris on earlier in the week. By the way, how about that guy's coaching tree and lineage he is connected to? Recruited by Dana Holgerson at Texas Tech. Played for him and Mike Leach. Also, names like Art Bryles, Seth Luttrell, Lincoln Riley, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And then Eric Morris was the OC at Texas Tech and was uh, the uh, coach with Patrick Mahomes in Lubbock. That's, uh, that's some big-time names for Eric Morris and Incarnate Word. Well, they're 7-2, and two, big win, amazing win, fun win over southeastern Louisiana last weekend, 55-52. Now they got to go to Thibodeau to take on Nichols, and Nichols has a little bit of life. They've got a little bit of oxygen down there, and this is the second of uh, two meetings in the schedule in the season this year. Incarnate Word, 7-2, 5-1 in the Southland. Nichols is at 5-4, and 4-2 four, four and two in the Southland. And the Colonels have won three games in a row. Incarnate Word and Nichols played uh, earlier this season. And the Cardinals won 38-21 back on October the 16th. 
because of teams coming and going in the Southland and conference realignment with scheduling this year. You play some of these teams twice in conference action. It's like an NFL divisional round game, as Eric Morris described it to me earlier this week on the podcast. What do you prepare for? Do you go with the things that got you there from the first meeting? Do you scrap it and go with a completely new game plan? Uh, What do you do? And Incarnate Word's been bit by this already earlier this year. They beat McNeese earlier this season at home and got beat pretty good by him on the road uh, down in Lake Charles. So Nichols continuing to stay on the radar and Incarnate Word looking to grab whether it is the AQ out of the Southland or an at-large bid, they need this win over Nichols this weekend. Two great quarterbacks, Cameron Ward, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. And for Nichols, Lindsey Scott Jr., senior QB, he's thrown 16 touchdowns, nearly 2,000 yards passing, two quality quarterbacks in this game. In the CAA, William and Mary, you are on display. It's do-or-die time for the Tribe. At 6-3, they've got James Madison coming to town. The Tribe are 6-3, and 4-2 and two overall. JMU playing some quality football, even though they've been hit hard by the injury bug at certain spots, specifically in the running back room. William & Mary, it is a must-win game for the Tribe if you want to be in the playoffs. They've got the win at Villanova, a loss on November the 6th last week against Delaware on the road, 24-3, and they wrap up again. Similar to UC Davis, William & Mary, they have a couple of games at home to end the year. Not easy at all. They play James Madison Saturday. Next weekend, they finish up with Richmond. Two rivalry-type games to a certain degree, and William & Mary needs them both if they want to get into the bracket. So the Tribe, it is do-or-die time with James Madison coming to town. If you want to have football on Thanksgiving or in December, you need to win these last two games to get in. You are on notice. All right, well, as we look at some of the big matchups around the country this weekend here on the FCS Fever Podcast, it is a massive game in the Missouri Valley Football Conference in Northern Iowa. They travel to Missouri State to Plaster Stadium in Springfield. Cole Baird does a great job covering the Panthers, covers the Valley, and all of the FCS. Program director at KCNZ Radio, host of Cole & Company, Cedar Rapids Gazette, correspondent as well, and KCNZ, the fan in Cedar Falls, Waterloo. He's with us now on the phone lines. Cole, pleasure to have you on the pod. Um, man, I, I just I, I want Northern Iowa to be just that that consistent group, right? Because I think they're yeah. so talented, they're so good, and they find themselves, I feel like, in a must-win game on Saturday against Missouri State. How would you describe the feeling around this team right now after that loss last week in normal? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because, you know, myself and others were asking Mark Farley on Monday uh, during his weekly press conference, hey, ha- are you officially in playoff mode now? Do you feel like it's win or go home? And he started by saying, well, quick answer is yes. But then he went on to talk about um, just how strong the Missouri Valley is, uh, the number of ranked teams that they've played, uh, the, the big wins that they have on their record or on their resume, I should say, at South Dakota State, who was ranked sixth at the time at home against Southern Illinois, who was ranked third at the time. He also mentioned, and rightfully so, 
their win in week two against Sacramento State, a, a big win, a, you know, a decisive win against a team that's 7-2 and two and undefeated at 6-0 and oh and leading the Big Sky Conference. So Mark Farley, I feel like he's trying to maybe set the tone with his players that it's playoff mode, that let's control our destiny, let's just go win these two games and make up the, the playoff committee's mind for them. But at the same time, he was making a case, I think, uh, for his team to be a viable candidate should they split these last two games against the Bears and then they come mm. home the following Saturday and play Western Illinois. Man, that makes me nervous, Cole, uh, hearing yeah. about that. I mean, I just I, I think with the, the bubble this year, maybe in past years, yes, I, I would buy into that at 6-5. and five. But, man, there's so many teams. There's a couple of teams in the Valley yet. I mean, USD wins this weekend against SDSU. All of a sudden, they're back, I think, in that conversation. You know, there, there's some teams in the SOCON, in, in the CAA, uh, you know, that wacky AQ7 league as well that are hanging out there. God, I feel like this is a must-win game. I would not want to be them at 6-5. and five. What's your feel on it? Yeah, I... I will say, though, Jeff, I mean, obviously we're both um, covering the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and I don't think this gets said enough that the Missouri Valley, like it or not, for anybody out there listening, is the SEC of FCS football. It is clear in a way the best conference in all of college football. And while I wouldn't want to have to rely on a 6-5 and five record to get into the playoffs if I'm Mark Farley, Find me a better six and five record if, say, you and I loses a close one uh, in Springfield on Saturday, and then they come back home and they get a decisive win over Western Illinois. So uh, I think it's really interesting to see how uh, these playoff prognostications are going to play out. And I think you make a great point with South Dakota. You and I need things to play out in the right way with South Dakota these last two weeks because, really, if you look back, um, yeah, the Illinois State loss is the biggest black eye. But if you, if you beat South Dakota at home, um, we're, this isn't even near the conversation that it is right now. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. That was that was one I think many thought you and I was going to win uh, at home yeah. against USD back uh, last month in the month of October as Cole Bear is with us here uh, on the program. All right, for folks that have not seen Northern Iowa play, give me the SDSU winning uh, Northern Iowa team at Dykehouse Stadium where NDSU just got beat by eight points, and the UNI team that just went to Illinois State and lost to a down Redbirds team. Break those two down for me. Yeah, so against South Dakota State, it was you know traditional UNI football where the defense was by far and away what stole the headlines. They were outstanding against South Dakota State. They made uh, Pierre Strong Jr.'s life, I mean, just miserable that day. They took one of the FCS's best running backs, and they did more than just make him look human. And then on top of that, you know, with that good defense, when you and I have been at their best this season, it's playing complementary football. Their offense is not a juggernaut, but they've been a little bit better in the run game this year. And because of being better in the run game, it sets up the play-action pass, which hasn't been, as a result of run game struggles, very viable the past three, four years at least. Um, so that's the recipe for you and I. But then you go back and you look at a loss to Illinois State, 
And it just makes me think, you know, on the good side and bad side of the coin with Theo Day, the quarterback who took over in the second half of the Week 2 game at Sacramento State. He has not started football games since he was a senior in high school in 2007. Spent three years at Michigan State before transferring to UNI. And, Jeff, you just see these moments where you go, wow, look at the talent there. Look at the arm talent or look at some of the decision-making that's good. But at the same time, the arm talent has gotten him in trouble at times. And at the same time, the decision-making isn't there because he spent three years only watching the game and not playing the game. And nothing replaces experience on the field. So you look at Illinois State specifically, and they just could not get the run game going. And as a result of that, when it's on Theo Day to pass, when the defense knows that he has to pass, it just makes life difficult. And add on top of that, this is a pretty banged-up UNI Panther team at this point, and they're just not quite as deep as they need to be. I think that is the biggest storyline here these last two weeks. UNI cannot afford to take another two or three losses on its depth chart on either side of the ball. Um, they're really, you know, flirting with disaster when it comes to uh, the injury report and their depth chart. Talking with Cole Bear, KCNZ program director in uh, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa. UNI is at Missouri State. It is a a big, big game for both of these teams. And uh, Cole knows the Valley and the FCS very, very well with us on the pod. Hey, hey give me a stock report, or or even maybe more so, maybe better, just a hierarchy of the Valley for those out there. As you talk about the Valley being the SEC of the FCS, you've seen you and I lose at NDSU, but win at South Dakota State. Um, you've seen the other scores around the league. NDSU loses last week at SDSU. SIU at one point was number three in the country, and Northern Iowa beat them in the Uni Dome. How do you kind of put the hierarchy together from your perspective around the Valley currently? Yeah, I think North Dakota State, despite the loss against South Dakota State, continues to be um, clearing away the best team in the Valley. Um, I'd be curious to see what a a Bison-Jackrabbits matchup on maybe like a neutral site would look like. Uh, I think that would be compelling. But uh, behind North Dakota State, I I think South Dakota State is the next best team uh, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And behind South Dakota State, I would put Southern Illinois. I really like their quarterback, Nick Baker. Uh, I like their offense and how they utilize the players that they have. And you know what? They do have a solid defense as well. And I think that they're just a a team that, you know, maybe they don't have the best resume. I mean, they have a good one. They play in the Valley. But I would not want to get matched up with Southern Illinois uh, in the playoffs because that's a team that until the clock hits zero, um, I you're not breathing easy. So I think North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Southern Illinois are your top three for sure. And then I think after that, it's likely Missouri State. We'll see what the Panthers can do on Saturday. Maybe they can rebound. Maybe they figure out better ways uh, to to utilize the personnel that they have left after these injuries. But I think for the time being, Missouri State sticks in at that four spot. And then I think when it comes to five, because that's the big question, the the playoff committees never put in, I don't think, more than five Valley teams into the 2014 playoff. It's going to come down to South Dakota and UNI, like we talked earlier, Jeff. And if UNI wants to make that decision for the committee, it's pretty simple. You go win at Missouri State, 
and then you come back home and you beat a Western Illinois team uh, that just let go of their head coach, a win that they absolutely should get. So that's the way I see the Valley right now. What are the chances? We saw the CAA get six in, I believe, back in 2019. I think it was six. In. It was either 18 or 19 was uh, the, the year we, uh, one of the years that, that the CAA got six. Is there a likelihood? What is the percentage likelihood the Valley could get six? How do you see it? You know, I'd like to say it's 20% or more because, you know, I'm glad you brought that back up, Jeff. I'd almost forgotten about the CAA getting six in uh, that year. And if. It's kind of crazy to me that the CAA has gotten six before and the Valley hasn't. Um, it'd be almost like if the Big Ten or the ACC had gotten six and say like a like a like a sixteen team FBS playoff, but the SEC hadn't. That just doesn't make sense to people who follow FBS football. Just to kind of set that analogy up, and I think that uh, because the the Valley has a bunch of fifth year seniors. Uh, fourth-year juniors or fifth-year juniors, so on and so forth this year because of the COVID year. But, man, Jeff, you watch Valley football week in and week out like I do. I like to watch some CAA football and some Big Sky football. I just feel like by far and away the top six teams in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, you can't tell me that they're not playoff-quality teams. You can poke holes in their resumes and say, hey, if you would have won this game here or won this game there – you know, this would make our decision a lot easier if you're on the playoff committee. But just going by an eye test, there are six teams in the Valley that can not only, I think, be worthy of making the playoffs, but also be capable of winning games in the playoff, too, which I think is, you know, kind of the barometer you want to go off of. Do they have a resume to get in? Yeah, they do. Can they win a game? Absolutely, they could. Talking with Cole Bear. One more for you before we let you go. Outside of the Valley, who's a team or a couple of teams you like nationally that's uh, making some moves right now? Anybody stand out? Well, I like Sacramento State. Got to see them uh, in week two against UNI. Obviously, they're leading the big sky. It's not like they're under the radar or anything. But I like that they have a contrasting style um, to you know these a lot of these rough-and-tumble, blue-collar Valley teams. Uh, you see a little bit of that in the CAA as well. But Sacramento State, they're unapologetic. They're going to spread you out. They're going to play with tempo. They're going to throw the ball all over the yard. They want to run 75, 80-plus plays, wear your defense out. And I tell you what, Jeff, if you and I hadn't been so fortunate to get the takeaways that they did in that game, that, that game could have been a completely different story. They were behind at halftime. And even though Theo Day had the huge second half and his UNI debut there. I came away from that game thinking Sacramento State's going to be a good team this year. And, you know, they were playing a couple couple different quarterbacks at the time, but they have such a good system that whichever quarterback was in could distribute the ball. It's kind of like a point guard system. It's just get the ball out, get down the field, play with tempo. Uh, maybe a bad matchup could do them in in the playoffs, going somewhere with cold weather perhaps. But I think Sacramento State, um, you go back, I think it was, what, 2019. They were really good back then, too. So it's a program that's been on the rise, and I wouldn't count the Hornets out. I've had my eye on them. Cole Bear, KCNZ Radio, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Cole, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. Enjoyed it. Take care. 
All right, big thanks, Cole Bear, KCNZ Radio, Cedar Rapids Gazette, covers Northern Iowa, the Valley, and all of FCS college football. It is a must-win game, in my mind, for Northern Iowa. Even with the resume, the strength of schedule, I just don't see it. I don't see him getting in at 6-5. and five. Do I believe they're better than some of the other bubble teams out there? Yes, I do, but I don't think 6-5 and five is going to get you in this year um, with, with that record. So, must-win game, in my opinion, for Northern Iowa on the road at Missouri State. I think Missouri State is in the bracket if they lose, if they if they split, if they go one and one, whether it's losing to Northern Iowa, beating Dixie State. I don't worry about Missouri State losing on the road to end the year, but they are for sure a lock, Missouri State, if they beat Northern Iowa here this weekend. Hey, college football is rolling, and our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook have an incredible offer for college football fans. For new users, bet $1, just $1 on any game, and if your team scores one point, you get $100 in free bets. That's right, $1, one game, $100 in free bets. Here what you do. Click the link in the show description. Sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook and make your first deposit. Make a $1 bet on any team. And if your team scores one point, you get an automatic $100 thanks to our friends at DraftKings. It is the best offer going in sports betting, so act now. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, referral service can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 21 and older, 18 and older in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit. Minimum $1 wage eligibility. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, who else is on display this weekend? Who else is in the crosshairs? Let's go to the SoCon. Chattanooga is at Mercer. Mercer has two tough ones to end the year. Chat this weekend, then on the road at ETSU. I think Mercer has to win both. Uh, looking at their resume, a non-D1 win. They also lost to Alabama earlier in the year. That's uh, that's kind of a wash, I guess, overall. But uh, people I talk to, Mercer, you need to win them both to get in as far as an at-large is concerned out of the SoCon and uh, and get the job done there. Two big games, Chattanooga at Mercer this weekend. A game to keep an eye on, there's no doubt about it. In the Valley, it's a rivalry game in Vermilion at the renovated Dakota Dome. South Dakota State is at South Dakota. USD is at 6-3, and three, couple of losses in the Valley. They've got two games left. They need to win one of them. SDSU at home and next weekend at North Dakota State. Uh, easier said than done, right? But this would be the one, again, easier said than done that you'd want to get with your USD. At home, should be a sold-out crowd in the Dakota Dome. A lot of energy around this game. SDSU, do they have a Bison hangover after a win? We've heard about that after a loss with teams 
in the Valley, putting so much into the NDSU game that uh, you can't handle your next opponent or two after a loss. What about a win for South Dakota State? Can they handle success? We've heard complacency before attached to the Jackrabbits. USD is going to be playing with their hair on fire. They need a win in their last two against SDSU at home or NDSU on the road to find themselves in the playoffs in my mind. Don't count out Delaware and the CAA. All of a sudden, the Fighting Blue Hens, they're creeping around out east. They play at Richmond this weekend. Man, they have battled injuries in that quarterback room. Uh, They have struggled to recapture that magic they had in the spring. Again, the health has not been great. Dejon Lee is a heck of a back. They are at Richmond. The Spiders at 4-5. and They are out, but Richmond could ruin a season this weekend at home by knocking off Delaware, a Delaware team trying to creep back in, find their way into the postseason. Delaware wins this one. They have a great opportunity next week at home against Villanova. If they win the last two, don't be shocked to see Delaware creep their way back into the field, into the bracket on Thanksgiving for another bid out of the CAA. And how about this? Sneaky good game out east for an automatic qualifier bid. Big game in the Patriot League. You've got Fordham taking on Holy Cross, two of the hot teams in FCS college football right now. Fordham has won six in a row to this contest. They host Holy Cross at 6-3, on the Patriot League. And Holy Cross, the Crusaders, talked to Bob Chesney earlier on this year after their win over UConn here on the pod. The Crusaders have had a great season. They're 7-2, 4-0 in the Patriot League. They've won four straight games as well. There's a sneaky good game here this weekend in the Patriot League as you've got Holy Cross taking on Fordham. The winner looks like they're going to get the AQ out east. And two more for you before we wrap up. Rhode Island, they lost three in a row in CAA play after a 5-3 and three start. Did get an FBS win over UMass, although UMass might be one of the worst teams in all of Division I college football, regardless of division that you are in. Rhode Island at home against New Hampshire. Rhode Island needs to win out. They're 6-3, starts against New Hampshire, a team that has uh, come out hard times here this season at 3-6. and six. And also, in the WAC AQ7, Eastern Kentucky did the old look-ahead last week. They lost by two touchdowns at Stephen F. Austin, thinking about their opportunity at Bauer Stadium in Huntsville against the number one team in the country in Sam Houston. Eastern Kentucky needs to win out. Again, easier said than done. They're at Sam Houston. Then they host Jacksonville State, who will replace their head coach, John Gross, when the season is over. Eastern Kentucky, you are on display and under the microscope, on the radar. If the Colonels want to get in, they need to win out, and it starts at Sam Houston this weekend. All right, that's going to do it for us. Big thanks to Cole Bear. Big thanks to you for being a part of the show. Subscribe, like, comment. You know the deal. Let us know where you're listening from and all about the big games and great matchups and storylines all across the country in FCS college football. My name is Jeff Colhane. This has been the FCS Fever Podcast. Enjoy a great weekend of football, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.